to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Hello and welcome to our Friday Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Andrew Womack and my guest today is Mohammed Faridi. Man, he's a good friend. He's a graduate of our Karis Bible College. He is the president of Inter Iranian Christians International. That's right. Right? And I tell you what, you are going to want to call in and talk to him today. And so for the first 30 minutes, we're going to have kind of a monologue here and talk about some things, primarily about his ministry and then about the Hamas-Israeli conflict. But uh, you might want to go ahead and get in queue. The number is 719-619-2341. And I tell you, what a privilege to be able to talk to somebody who was a jihadist. And I mean, he was committed to becoming a martyr for Allah, and instead he found Jesus. And man, Amen. I was talking to some people before the thing started, Mohammed, and it's hard to believe. He, Mohammed is one of the most gentle, <laughs> gentlemanly type of people. And it is just so different than what you were raised to be. Yeah. Only Jesus could make Only this Only Jesus, difference. Sandra. Only Jesus. So anyway, we're going to visit with Mohammed again. You need to get in queue. I know you might wait a while, but if you uh, want to get in, you need to call 719-619-2341. Quickly, let me mention that we have coming up pretty quickly our Heart of Christmas musical, and it is just awesome. And we've had thousands and thousands of people come see this, and it's become a Christmas tradition because, I mean, it's that good. People want to see it over and over again. So uh, that's coming up on the 8th through the 10th. We've got three separate performances. And then the next week we have our live nativity. And this year I've doubled our lights. And I tell you, I drove through just, uh, I think it was either two nights ago, and I looked at, and it is beautiful. Matter of fact, we're having my television crew uh, fly a drone, and we're going to send out some social media because it's just beautiful here. Plus, we are bringing in camels, horses, uh, uh, sheep, and all kinds of things. We're going to have a live nativity where you drive through. We give uh, out hot chocolate, and uh, you get to mix and take pictures with the animals if you so desire and things like that. And it's just going to be a great time. That's the 15th through the 17th, and it's a drive-through for three nights. And we've had people come from different states to be a part of that. And we just got a lot of things going. You know, today is Friday, and every Friday our Truth and Liberty puts out the good news. And we talk about that there's not only bad news. And so today I was looking at it, and the Finnish par Parliament lady who was being sued, she's been in court for five or six years because she just said that the Bible forbids marriage between two men or two women. It has to be between a male and a female. And she's been in court, and they've been trying to silence her, and she finally won. And uh, also, we, ha we have other good news on there. We have things about Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House uh, in the United States Congress. And I tell you, he is a godly man. I've talked to two or three people who know him personally, 
and uh, he is the real deal. And we now have somebody who's standing for godly things in the U.S. government. So there's good things happening. <clears throat> and if you become a uh, part of Truth and Liberty, you can get those things sent to you on a regular basis. So you can go to truthandliberty.net and uh, you can get all of our material. We got a wealth of information there on our website. And also we are looking for people to partner with us because we're now doing these broadcasts for an hour and a half, five days a week now. Plus we put out voter guides, the website. We have, I forget how many people, I think it's seven people that are on staff with Truth and Liberty. And so we need some people to join with us. If you'd like to do that, you can go to truthandliberty.net slash donate. And we are asking for people to give an automatic withdrawal of $5 or more per month. You know, that's about 15 cents a day. And I tell you, it's making an impact. So I encourage you to check that out. All right, so let's get to Muhammad. This is his newsletter. I get this, and it's just really good. Man, I was reading about this, and uh, so we could spend the whole program talking about your conversion, which is great. He's spoken at our conferences, and uh, he's been a blessing. But tell a little bit about your ministry and what's happening, and then we'll get into talking about Israel and Hamas. Sure, Andrew. But before we get to my ministry, those poor camels going to be cold, Andrew. I know. They, it, is, it is really cold. <laughs> and last year they got this camel. Jackets or something. This camel is named Moses, and I tell you what, it's, it's something else. I don't know how that works. Yeah, but uh, anyway, um, our ministry is called Iranian Christians International. 91st, 95% of the work we do, Andrew, it's in Iran and Afghanistan, and um, there's something really amazing is happening in Iran. People from all sorts, all walks of life, all ages, all sorts of uh, places are coming to faith and uh, converting from Islam to Christianity. And um, it's just something, some sight to behold. Um, they say uh, there's so many um, surveys and research has been done that the past 20 years, the amount of Muslim they have converted to Christianity it is, the numbers are greater than the past 14 centuries combined. Wow. So the past I don't know how they know that, but yep. that's still amazing. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely amazing. And then um, what we're seeing that people are, uh, especially Iranian people, the Persian people, very distant uh, from Islam. They don't feel any um, sense of justice, sense of fairness, sense of equality, sense of freedom from the Islamic government, from Islamic teaching, from the Sharia of Islam, from, from the God of Islam. And um, they, they have been disillusioned tremendously by the Islamic regime and uh, the, this government taking the Iranian money and spending it outside of Iran instead of on the Iranian people. Uh, using it for proxy war and using it in Hamas, Hezbollah, in Lebanon, Syria, and now in Israel. Iranians are sick and tired of it, and uh, so they have turned against, against uh, the government, and when the government stands for, which is Islam, so they have become disillusioned tremendously with this religion and its th uh, theocracy. So they're walking away from Islam, and uh, there's a tremendous gap. Um, they know that the God of Islam is not the true God, now yeah. you're saying this is not just the Christians. You're saying this is general. General among Iranian Iranian. people that are born Muslims, they well, don't practice. That's, that's really good news that they're Absolutely. turning from that. I tell you, this is a, uh, one of the uh, ministers in the government last month said that 75,000 mosques, uh, out of um, 
75% of the mosques in Iran, they have closed their doors. Really? They don't, people do not go to the mosques in Iran. Praise God. Praise God. So they have left the mosque, but um, because they're walking away from Islam, there is a gap. So they're searching for other things. They have been open. That This openness did not exist before this Islamic regime, before the Islamic revolution, Andrew. So when you were living there, that it wasn't like this? Absolutely not. Um, um, when, um, in 1979, uh, the, uh, the numbers of converts from Islam to Christianity in Iran was between 400 people to 2,000. In a 40 million, 44 million population nation, they would see, they could find 400 to 2,000 converts. We get that, uh, we get more, more of, um, um, of that number this year just from our ministry, ministering to people, evangelizing wow. people. Just this year, we get more than what we had uh, 40 years. Now, you can't go back into Iran, nope. but how do, you, how do you minister to them? Uh, our voice can go uh, through the social media we're going, but uh, we're going to the neighboring countries of Iran where Iranians uh, come out of this, of, of out of Iran to these neighboring countries to go to con uh, concerts, to go party, to go to get away from the Islamic operation, uh, uh, um, oppression, and we get to visit with them and um, share the gospel with them. We do straight evangelism in Middle East. Um, um, your ministry, Karis Bible College, made a documentary actually about it. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, last year we distributed 15,000 Bibles. We saw over 400 people. And this year we already surpassed the numbers. So, and um, it's just amazing awesome. what God is doing. Now you have, you have a documentary about your uh, ministry there, but also you have your personal testimony. How do they get that from our material? Uh, uh, it, if they just search my name correctly, Muhammad Faridi on YouTube, on Google. And Faridi, mm -hmm. spelled how? F-A-R-I-D-I, -I, mm -hmm. Muhammad Faridi. And I think now it's on the screen, so yep. you can, uh, but it has to be spelled correctly because Muhammad is uh, spelled uh, very differently. Um, so uh, if they go on YouTube, I on think your it's so channel, neat that you didn't change your name because you know when you tell people that you're speaking for the Lord and you're speaking yeah. against Islam and yet your name is Muhammad, they just automatically yeah. are all ears, want yeah. to know how this happened. Yeah. And um, people um, uh, comments on our YouTube channel that uh, I don't deserve this Muhammad's na name because I'm a traitor. But uh, um, well, you got to leave with it. <laughs> because I'm going to share the gospel and declare Jesus is Lord, the only Lord, and Muhammad is a false prophet. So, um, if they can uh, just punch our, my name in, in, in even your um, uh, YouTube channel or Karis Bible College YouTube channel, the documentary and the uh, Grace Encounter will pop up. And also, you spoke at which one of our conferences? Uh, spoke this year in Truth and Liberty, last year on uh, in Grace Encounter conference. Okay, so anyway, those two conferences, you can look up Grace Encounters under the archived events mm -hmm. or Truth and Liberty, yeah. and uh, I tell you, it was a powerful ministry. Yeah. Now, you're talking about the dissatisfaction of people in Iran. Mm -hmm. What about the protests that they had for this lady that was killed? and? They put their life on the line, and absolutely. So that's that's yeah. reflecting this, and America didn't capitalize on no, this. No, unfortunately not. Um, so Andrew, last year um, there was a Kurdish girl, 21 year old, that traveled from her city to city of Tehran, and because uh, according to the uh, Sharia enforcement police, the Islamic dress code police of Iran, she wasn't wearing her hijab, her head covering, appropriately, according to them. 
uh, they take her in and they said well, we're going to return her to the to the family about an, an hour because she needs to be re-educated. Uh, uh, familiar term, but we hear it in America and other places these these, mm -hmm. these days. Uh, so she had to go in to get re-educated re with the Islamic doctrine to cover correctly, but. Um, uh, they beat her in the head so severely that she uh, uh, slips into a coma and dies. And she becomes the catalyst for uh, a huge uprising in Iran. Iran last year, um, this time, it was at the verge of a revolution. Unfortunately, the Iranian uh, people were crying out for international help. Of course, the Democrats and the Biden uh, were in power. They didn't support the Iranians. Actually, meanwhile, the Iranian reg regime w w w was killing the Iranian people. Biden administration was uh, negotiating with this murderous regime to go back to the uh, yeah. horrific uh, nuclear deal of Obama. And as a result, Iranians were uh, dying on the streets and they were saying, what are these people doing? If, if um, you really on the side of good if you're really on the side of freedom this is the this is your opportunity and um, you think if America would have backed them and put pressure on them that it could have changed things hundred percent Andrew wow they I mean we uh, Iran was at the verge of a this time in 1979 Jimmy Carter backed this Islamic regime they really did and uh, the coup d'etat happened and of course the king was kicked out of Iran and this uh, murderous regime uh, Islamic regime came in Middle East, and uh, because this Islamic revolution succeeded, the, it kindled the fire of Islamic radi radicalism yeah. in the world because of bad policies in, uh, of, of the Democratic Party. And 40 years later, you see the same policies. Again, they backed up the Islamic regime instead of the Iranian people. Uh, as a result, 600 people died. Were, uh, they, they, were, uh, they, they got killed by this regime and over 20,000 people arrested, young people that they're missing. They, they got raped and tortured in the Islamic regime's uh, uh, jails. And then uh, Biden administration kept negotiating finally on uh, Massa's uh, uh, anniversary of her death when um, there was another opportunity for the uprising and revolution in Iran. Uh, the, uh, the, the prisoner exchange happened America uh, received five prisoners, Iran received six, so they got one more, and uh, America uh, last month gave uh, $6 billion wow. to the Iranian regime, to the Islamic regime of Iran. So do you think that any of that went towards Hamas and Hezbollah and all of this? I don't need to say that, um, Andrew. The, uh, the speaker of Hamas came out and thanked the Iranian regime for the support, the financial support that they have. And this is ju and we know now that Iran backs Hamas because they um, uh, openly are talking about it. They're not shy about it. They, they, they say that they're pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, and uh, this uh, evil, evil Jew, evil Israel needs to be wiped out of the map. So I don't know what part of this we cannot see. And I, if I remember correctly, there's been like um, 50 to 60 Iranian attacks on U.S. personnel in Syria yeah. and uh, stuff, and and how's the Biden response to that? How does you've come from Iran? How do they look at that when there's not a strong response? Andrew, um, we always say that weakness means more aggression in the Islamic world, and I was not only an Iranian; I was trained by the Revolutionary Guard of Iran. The very hand that uh, is the hand of the proxy war. Uh, supports Hamas, suppo supports um, Hezbollah of uh, Lebanon. 
And if you remember when uh, Donald Trump, um, after the important work they did in Middle East, uh, bringing the Abrahamic Accord declar Declaration, meaning the Arab nations gathered around Israel to come to this Abrahamic Accord that uh, have a peace treaty. Because of this peace treaty, this secluded Iran and put more pressure on the Iranian regime. And Iran was, uh, the Iranian regime was desperate to annul, to cancel this. And um, um, what better excuse than causing a war with the Jews, which are the common enemy of the Muslim countries, no matter what happens, no matter when it's about the Jews, these, this is a common, uh, this common enemy brings these Muslim nations together. They, yeah. It helps join them together, unite them together. Right after the attack, four days after the attack, uh, Andrew, uh, the Iranian president uh, went to Saudi Arabia after years of a broken relationship, broken ties, because, because it's because it's about Israel. And uh, he f who, who fueled it? Unfortunately, the Biden administration. They released a, um, so um, Iranian regime kidnapped Americans and held hostage the Americans. So they exchanged prisoners and they gave the kidnappers, the hostage takers, they rewarded them $6 billion. You're just, you just told this Islamic regime, this is our green light to you to go and do more. And they just took what, 240? For, but 14 Americans among those. Yeah, so they just took more hostages. Yeah, about 300, it, yes. It's uh, working. Yeah, it is working. You just told them to do it and they did it. That's terrible. So we got a lot of things to talk about in a short period of time. So uh, what do you think about Hamas and Israel? You coming from Iran, are, are, do you call Iranians, are they uh, Arabs? So Hamas is of course, um, a Palestinian Arab, uh, even a Sunni Muslim organization, which is backed by the Shias, which is, this is a miracle because Sunnis, Sunnis believe if you kill Shias, you go to the Islamic paradise. They hate each other, huh? Absolutely, the <laughs> Shias, they say, we, when, I, when I was part of the Revolutionary Guard, we said that you kill six of these filthy Sunnis, you will go to paradise. So there's never a, a good relationship between these two, but because the common enemy is the Jews, is Israel, they support one another, they gather, they negotiate, they do a lot of things together. So if you have a common enemy, that makes mm -hmm. you friends until you eliminate that enemy. If you remember, Pilate and Herod yep. got together yep. because their, com because their um, enemy was, was Jesus at the time, and it brought them together, the people that they didn't like one another, they were, uh, not in a good relationship, but because of Jesus, a Jew, they gathered around and uh, they, they plotted against it. Just like that in the Middle East, this is still going, and uh, Iranian a Shia regime backs up Hamas, and Hamas causes havoc. It's the proxy war, the hand of the uh, uh, IRGC, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard of Iran. Well, you know, Israel is taking a lot of flack and people are saying they're doing genocide and they're just really against them. And in defense, I heard an Israeli saying, you don't understand. If they come against us and defeat us, then you Christians are next. Yeah, what do you think about that? The Islamic saying is, first comes uh, Friday, then Saturday, and then Sunday. Meaning Friday is the Muslim day. We do our prayer on Friday, and then we gather. That's uh, while you see the Friday prayer, it looks like an army marching, all gathering uh, uh, line by line, standing, meaning that the army, we call it prayer, which is not a prayer at all. 
it is just a collective gathering to show that we are united as Muslim. That's what that's what they claim in their, in their prayer. They are gathering to do what? Andrew, this is an important part to mention. Uh, um, I was a Muslim. I prayed this 17 times a day. You recite two chapters of the Quran. One of those chapters is that um, lead us, uh, um, uh, Allah lead us to the straight, uh, straight, straight path and keep us from those that you have cursed and those that are gone astray. It's talking about Jews and the Christians, meaning that when they gather, uh, they have to correct the Jews and the Christians, meaning when it comes first Friday, then it's Saturday, the Shabbat, the Sabbath of the, the Jews, they have to get rid of them first. They call them the pigs. Quran chapter uh, 98, verse six of the Quran says, these are the worst of the creatures, people, the people of the book, talking to the Christians and the Jews, these are the, the worst uh, uh, creatures and the Jews are the pigs. Meaning, so we, Saturday we have to uh, clarify uh, the world, make it clear, sanctify the world from the Jews and then it's Sunday, which is the day of the Christians. And it's very clear all over the Islamic doctrine. It's not what we say here. It is in the uh, Islamic doctrine. Actually, the Hadith, Muhammad said, Andrew, that if the Jews were eliminated, the food would not spoil. Meaning the Jews are the bacteria, are the viruses in, uh, of our time. Wow. That is the, um, uh, the, the self-claimed prophet of Islam. That's his sayings, that if you eliminate the Jews, the, the food would not spoil. So we have so many people on our college campuses that are saying that this uh, attack by Hamas was basically justified because Israelis have occupied their land and it was provoked and they are not condemning the terrible acts that they did, that it was all provoked by the Jews. How, what do you think? This occupying thing, first of all, that land belongs to the Jews while before any Palestinian lived on the face of the earth. Um, Palestinians, Palestine never was a land, it's a people group. Yep. It is, it's not a place, even though now it is placed in Israel because of, of course, the Western pressure and the United Nations pressure. Palestine never was a place. This land was given to Abraham and Abraham's seed and descendant. So we know they ha the Jews occupied what God gave them to occupy. There was no Palestinian before or after. And now the Palestinians are actually the occupier of the place. So, and um, there's an important uh, part into that, uh, Andrew, we're gonna talk about it maybe a little later, but the Jews, that land belongs to them. They live there, it's like their home. Uh, and if anyone lives there, they are the occupier. So, um, um, of course, you cannot justify it, you cannot get around it, that land, it's the past 4,000 4, years, it's been always Israel, it's always belonged uh, belong to the, peop, uh, the children of the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, um, the nation of God, Israel, the people of, uh, in, that it lives in, and that they've always been, um, the past 4,000 years, the Jews. And now we, of course, because of the influence of leftism, in our uh, universities, in our uh, colleges, somehow we have to ha make them victims and an oppressor, and somehow the Israeli, the Jews are the oppressor because I guess they have the armies, and even they, when they provoke, they come out, and I don't know if you've seen the videos, Andrew, it is absolutely horrific. The guy was, the Palestinian Hamas guy, was v live videoing his family, telling them, Aren't you proud of me killing the yeah. Jews for you? 
I mean, a Palestinian telling his parents that aren't you proud of me? And because we don't show this side, the evil side of the uh, Hamas and the Palestinian, well, then uh, the media start pumping, showing that, oh, the hospitals are getting bombed, the schools are getting bombed, children are getting killed in um, Gaza. Of course, then the, it, Jew, the Jews and the Israel becomes the evil. Uh, and um, I think in, it's in Romans chapter 13, I'm, I'm ministered on these passages uh, in Truth and Liberties Conference. Um, God has given the government to bring terror to the evildoer. Mm -hmm. And what Israel is doing, they were living their lives, they, they, they were doing their thing, but the evildoer brought this havoc to Israel and now the terror is uh, going back to them, so you just bring it upon yourself. So let me ask you, what do you think about Israel having a ceasefire? What, what, what do you think Israel should be doing right now? I think Israel should chase every Hamas and every Hezbollah and every terrorist um, in Israel and outside of Israel and um, um, uh, send them where Allah is going to uh, receive them. <laughs> That's what Israel should do. You know, I, I agree 100% and I say these same things, but I know a lot of people look at me and think, you just don't understand. They can't say that about you. You've been on the other side of this fence. You, you have been you don't, in there. Andrew, you don't negotiate with ter uh, terrorists. The guy says, I love death more than you love life. There is no point of negotiating. And I know people are gonna say, oh, Jesus has died for him. Yes, mm -hmm. we understand, we're not talking about that. But the guy is co coming into your land, into your home to rape your wife, to take your children. They, they decapitated children. They killed, beheaded children on cameras. Yeah. You don't negotiate with people like that. You shoot them. I tell you what, if somebody came into my house uh, I would pray that they get born again, but if, they, but if they keep coming, yeah. I'd take my gun, I would shoot them in a heartbeat. And, and it's I'd a natural thing that God has given us to defend ourselves. This is not we're going against the nature. They came in, they provoked, they killed the people, now they're reaping what they have sowed. And I've even heard that there are some uh, Palestinians living in Gaza who are glad that the Israelis have invaded because Hamas has been taking all of the international aid that comes to Gaza and stuff, and they use it to buy weapons and do stuff. And so the uh, people there are being oppressed. Many of the civilians, many of the Palestinians have nothing to do with this. They, they themselves are held hostage yeah. by the Hamas. Yeah. They, they, even they, when they were trying to get out Andrew, Hamas was shooting its own people and was saying that this is what Yeah, Israel Israeli was, was dropping leaflets telling people to go south and get out and Hamas was refusing to Refused. allow them killing and, them. And wh whoever left, they killed them. They killed them. That's, that's who they are. You know, and I, somehow, I don't know, how could you have compassion on, uh, uh, over people like that? I tell you, if I was president of the United States, I might not be as bold publicly, but privately I'd tell Israel, Take them out. Yeah. Take them all out. And while you're at it, wipe out Iran's nuclear capabilities. <laughs> That's mean? what I'd tell them. Yeah. Do you believe that Iran has nuclear capabilities? They're getting very close, Andrew. And uh, all of these treaties that the Democrats and the Biden administration and the leftist government around the world are um, 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 cutting with Iran, it's just buying Iran time, unfortunately. So you know the mindset yeah. of the Revolutionary Guard. What would they do if they had atomic weapons? They, they believe that they have to cause havoc for the 12th Imam, their Messiah, to come. So they believe if they do not do it, he won't come. 
their, their Islam, the Islamic Messiah won't come if the Shias won't start wars around the world and cause havoc. So you're just enabling them. So do you think they'd use atomic weapons on Israel? 100%. On, the, on the U.S.? 100. First is Israel. Saturday comes first and then Sunday. Wow. They have to deal with Israel first. Well, we're going to take a break here, but I tell you what, I believe that there's a lot of people that would love to ask Muhammad some questions, get his perspective on things, and I think this is a real honor to have him with us. So the number is 719-619-2341. We have open lines now, so if you would like to call, you'll be able to get right in, 719-619-2341. So let's go to a break, and we'll be right back. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We teach a biblical worldview. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're gonna learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. There's no better place on earth to get equipped than Karis. You know, God's not done with us. He's not done with America, and he's not done with you. So many people come into practical government school and they're scared because it's the mountain of government. But you know what? They come out so strong and that is so amazing. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Okay, we're back with our host, Mohammed Faridi, and I tell you the things that he's saying, this is powerful, and plus, he's an insider. He was a part of the Revolutionary Guard, and he knows what he's talking about, and I tell you, people sometimes criticize me and others and say, you don't know, you haven't been a Palestinian. He's been on both sides of this issues, and I tell you, I just appreciate so much what you're doing. Tell them, Mohammed, about your ministry here and how they could get involved. And also, you've been doing a lot of uh, relief work for the people in Turkey that experienced Absolutely. the earthquake. And Iran, of course. Uh, when the earthquake happened uh, November of this year, it was so powerful, shook southeast Turkey. You're talking about uh, November last year, right? Um, excuse me, February. <laughs> February oh, okay. of this year. All right. Sorry, I said November. Mm -hmm. February um, uh, of this year, we had the earthquake in southeast Turkey. It was 7.8. It was so strong that shook Syria and Iran. And uh, through the network of the believers we have in Iran and of course in uh, Southeast Turkey, we were able to, I'll, uh, I actually left two days after the earthquake, Andrew, and um, with, with your help, we were able to um, provide a lot of relief to those people. And of course, as a result, uh, ministering the gospel in the midst of a very tragic situation. Uh, over 50,000 only died in uh, Turkey and uh, lots of other people devastated. They haven't even uh, gone to their homes. It's eight, nine months now they have lived in tents and containers. And uh, this happened in winter. They saw spring, summer, fall, and now again in 
Iraq winter is coming upon them. And, and has the government not stepped in and helped them? No, the go um, the go it depends, of course, because Southeast Turkey, um, there are a lot of Syrians and Kurdish people, and as a result, because those are not Turks, according to the Turkish people or the Tur Turkish government, they haven't been helping um, as, as they should. And of course, billions of dollars of aid that has gone to help uh, uh, to do relief. God knows where have I've spent it. So this is another reason that people need to get behind your organization because you were taking it over there. I've seen a video that you did where you're buying tents, yeah. you're providing food, and you're uh, witnessing, seeing people born again. Yep. We have, um, we, we did tents, sleeping bags, hygiene stuff. Uh, we couldn't give out um, uh, medication and a lot of people were sick, so as a result, we were able to pray for a lot of people. And um, um, uh, schools and um, um, school supplies, uh, fuel, lots of things like that that people ne needed and are still needing it, so we're able to do that. That's the relief work of the ministry, but um, we do, Andrew, a lot of uh, outreaches, uh, Bible distribution, tract distribution inside Iran. Uh, uh, we translate books. How do you do it inside Iran? So um, I know you can't give away all the details. Yeah, we have set up an a underground uh, print shop that uh, whatever we translate here, the PDF goes to Iran, the electronic version goes to Iran, and then they print it there, and then uh, the books get distributed among underground church. And uh, uh, the believers are being, being wise, very creative. Um, they, they hide the books under the Khomeini's, Ayatollah Khomeini's book and uh, ship it around. So when the regime opens the boxes, well, we got the uh, Khomeini's books and beautiful Islamic books on the top, but beneath that uh, we have all the um, uh, Barry Bennett's books and uh, discipleship evangelism book and other other books we have translated. So Mike, uh, Mark Hankins' book, and um, now we're working on your spirit, soul, and body by God's Man, grace. That's, that's awesome. going to be added to the church this uh, by the end. So of if this a year. person wants to support the Iranian Christian International, how do they do it? So they can go on our website, Andrew, it's called IranChristians.org and uh, all of the information is there and the, the, if they want to be volunteering, praying and giving, it's all on that website. So if they give, uh, wh what does it do? Does it go, uh, do you funnel that money into Iran or how do you, I know uh, you may not be able to give away all the details, yeah. but does this money go actually towards mm -hmm. Iran? Uh, yep, absolutely. So um, there are different tabs that they can designate the money for. If it's for Bible distribution, 100% of it is going to go uh, for that and other projects that is going around. So they can oh, uh, awesome. choose what they can do and we can uh, designate the money. Well, we've got some uh, lines open. And again, uh, if you don't uh, ask, I've got plenty of things to ask Muhammad, so <laughs> I, there's no problem, but I want to give you an opportunity, 719-619-2341, if you would like to call and talk to Muhammad and maybe get some perspective on things, we'd love to have you, 719-619-2341. Let's go to Frank in Missouri, and Frank, uh, you're on Truth and Liberty with Andrew and Muhammad. Howdy, howdy. Uh, Hello. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Is this, oh, okay. Um, I have a question. This isn't Frank, I don't think. I don't know what happened to Frank. Donna, you answered the phone. All right, but Donna, you go ahead, Donna. What do you have to say? Okay, they got us all mixed up, but I'm cool. Um, all right. I just was wondering if Mohammed might know um, what's going on with Iraq during this whole time. 
you don't hear anything about them during this Israel um, Hamas thing. Uh, Vic, Donna, it's because it's nothing is happening there yet. Um, and uh, Iraq has been very neutral in all of this. So that's no. why you don't hear anything. Well, but they're backing Hamas and Hezbollah. Of, right? of, of course. Uh, just uh, Iran has tremendous influence in uh, the Iraqi government. And it's just another uh, nation that connects Iran to Israel. But they have been. Of course, they're because because they're uh, an Islamic nation. They're supporting Hamas, but we haven't heard anything yet. For example, um, I think she's referring to the bombing that is happening in Israel and other places in Middle East, but has, hasn't happened in mm -hmm. uh, Iraq because uh, Israel has been very busy uh, in Gaza Strip and also in uh, in Syria, and uh, those are having tremendous borders and uh, some of some of Lebanon that uh, there are, uh, Iran has uh, some of their posts and some of their, uh, uh, what do you call those, uh, bases, military bases that mm -hmm. they do uh, support Hamas and uh, uh, the, the war against Israel. It's in Lebanon so far, Syria and, and the Gaza Strip, but hasn't spilled over into Iraq yet. That's why you don't hear from uh, about it. You know, I know that uh, Iran ultimately wants the destruction of Israel, but do you think that they want to get involved in this war, or do you want, do they want to do through the proxies so that they? They aren't? will never go indirectly, because um, they know, Andrew, if they go and fight directly, that war might come to Iran, and they don't want that yet because they haven't reached the uh, uranium. Enrichment yet it hasn't been fulfilled. Boy, if they got an atomic bomb, though, they'd probably be ready be to fight. Ugly. They'd use be, it. Yeah, that would be very, very ugly, and and that's why they're buying time, because when they have the atomic bomb bombs, they have much greater negotiation of power. They don't have it now, but when they have it, then if um, America or Israel does don't bow down, bow down, and come to agreement to what they want to do they can use that, um, uh, the bombs, unfortunately. Now, you having been a part of that, do you think that they would ever settle for a compromise and just peaceful coexistence? They can't. Um, the Islamic doctrine, the theology, doesn't do that, never has. 14 centuries, we, we see that they have never come to a coexist. It doesn't work because of their worldview, it doesn't work. Maybe we think as Christians, maybe we think as Jews, mm -hmm. it could work somewhere, somehow, we subtle, and, and it's going to be um, uh, sitting around fire and singing Kumbaya. But in <laughs> their worldview, they have to take over. Their eschatology, their view of the end time is we have to cause havoc. We have to cause war for the 12th Imam to come. You know, I don't think that most Christians really understand this because our whole concept is based on love, turning the other cheek and That's stuff right. like this. But I've heard you speak at our conferences and you were indoctrinated from the time you were a little kid that, uh, I mean, the only way for you to have any assurance of salvation was basically martyrdom mm -hmm. by killing infidels. Becoming a shaheed, becoming... Live laying your life down by killing others. Not just, we say, as Christians, we believe we have to lay our life down for the sake of others, mm -hmm. to share the gospel, to do mission work. How many uh, uh, missionaries have died, laid their life truly down 
because they love other people so much that they have gone to those hostile environments, hostile tribe, but they didn't go for war. The Islamic version of it is, the counterfeit gospel is, you die in order to have salvation. You die, you lay your life down, you become the intercessor for your 70 members of your family. That's, they teach you all that. So if you were to die in a jihad, you would guarantee 70 members of your family. Not only me, then I can, Allah will reward me so much that then I can intercede, become the medium to buy 70 members of my family or whoever I wish to become uh, 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 come to the um, Allah's uh, presence on Allah's paradise. Yeah, that's such a great honor, such an important thing that you do. Not only you will be saved, you can also save 70 members of your family. That's, your, that's why the mothers encourage their sons to become suicide bombers, because they don't have any hope. They don't have any guarantee. They, they are doing this, promoting, provoking their sons to die, do jihad, die in jihad, because they know if that happens, through their sacrifice, they might get saved. Yeah, that's the counter, that surprised me. I remember asking you one time, why would women ever support Islam? Because they treat them like trash. trash. They have no Second, yeah. rights, and that, and that basically is the key that they have to get their children to die. That's the only way they could ever that make it, it into uh, heaven. Yep, that is it, Andrew. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Yep. So uh, let me ask you this. Did you really believe that? Did you have reservations when you were young about this? Because it seems so counter mm -hmm. to everything that we know. Did I know you were doing it, but did you have reservations about it or were you really a firm believer? When Andrew, you are, um, when you're born a Muslim, and you don't have a uh, hope in future, and then you have been marinated your whole life in hatred, hatred of yourself and hatred of other. Your life is so incredibly miserable, it's so incredibly dark that you think this is your exit. So you look forward because you become so suicidal, you're so hopeless that this is your hope. At least, I'm, I'm miserable, I live in this hell in this world. At least I can die and have a better life in the other one. You're That's so amazing. miserable that you cope with it, that you say, this is gonna be good. This, even though you don't know this, but they tell you this is the it's only, your only hope. Mm -hmm. That's your only hope. Because wherever you look, it is absolute, utter hopelessness. And for the people watching this, I've heard your testimony that you actually were uh, doing terrible things to yourself uh, and even having them hit you with a sword in the head. Self-flagellation is a part of uh, the rituals we did. And um, because they said that if you shed your own blood, this will sanctify you. If you um, beat yourself and humiliate your body, this will put you in a better place. This is the points you could put on the right side of the scale, Andrew, that to outweigh your bad deeds. So we gather and we um, beat the heck out of ourselves. God knows. So when you found Jesus and found love and a God that loves you and sacrificed himself for you, it must have been really good news. It is absolutely the best news 
anybody can share with anyone. I mean, I was in this, in this so uh, this, when I heard the gospel, I was 20 year and a half. The few months I was just out of the military service, trained by the Revolutionary Guard of Iran. All of my life I prayed to Allah, I fasted, I self-flagellated, cut my body, cut my head with sword and uh, 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 flags to my back. And then a friend that shared the gospel to me, he said, Jesus was bruised, he was beaten, he was cut, his blood was shed, and he gave up his life for your sake. And if you believe in this, you will have eternal life. I mean, everything, Andrew, I was trying to do to gain eternal life, which wasn't working, mm -hmm. made me absolutely miserable, made me absolutely desperate, destitute. He said it's already finished in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, I bet that was good news. That was real good news. And I just knew it is truth because everything I was trying to do wasn't working. It was all brought me to negativity, hatred, hopelessness, and it's not working. And now he said, this is what you're trying to pay. It's been already paid. The debt that I was trying to pay, the God that I was trying to perform to please, he was already pleased. Amazing. I just didn't have the, I just didn't get the news yet. And that moment, I just know it is the truth. And my life has turned around, Andrew. And, and Iranians or any of the Arabs that uh, have been raised under that to hear the true gospel, man, it is powerful. It, it is absolutely powerful. We share that every day, Andrew, with people all over the world, especially Muslims. I was in Middle East. Um, I'm getting over my, my jet lag, of course. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Middle East. Um, um, we talked to three Iraqis. Muslims on a boat, on a ferry, just shared the good news of the gospel. Three of them, they accepted the Lord. That evening, talked to some Iranians about what God has done for them. Both of them accepted Jesus. Talked to a Nigerian, accepted the Lord. It's just, it's the best thing you can share with anybody. Tell and I've, I've heard you say that the Iranian church is the large, or the quickest growing church in it the is world. The fastest, uh -huh. It's the fastest growing church church, evangelical church right now in the world, 19.6% growth every year. That is, a, you can actually Google this uh, statistic if you just put, where is the fastest growing evangelical church in the world? Operation World, it's a ministry, it's a nonprofit organization that does this studies, and they say that uh, Iranians, and then second after that are the Afghans that are coming to faith. Wow. So it's amazing. And so happening. what happens to them when they convert to Christianity in Iran? Yep. Uh, of course, um, <laughs> um, for the ones that they can keep it quiet, they can live their life, but the ones that they can't, which is many of them, uh, can uh, keep it quiet and they get involved. There's tremendous price to pay. I was one of them, Andrew. I shared the gospel with many people. And then uh, um, after my life was in danger, my family's life was in danger too. It's just the threat surpassed me and uh, spilled over to my family. They were going to harm my family. And this wicked regime does anything to stop this growth, but whatever they have done, it just has uh, had a negative impact on them. And the church has grown and grown, and the Christians are becoming stronger and stronger, God knows. So and this is just like the book of Acts. Absolutely. And those people are loving God even to the yeah. death. 
And then we see Christians over here in the United States that won't even stand up and vote, don't even turn out. And I tell you, it's embarrassing sometimes to see the weakness of American Christians. Unfortunately, many of them, many of them. Um, I, I'm not going to mention names, but I was in a pastor's gathering in the city of Colorado uh, Springs, and um, they were inviting me because I'm adding color. They were trying to be inclusive, these pastors, and uh, um, were tr gathered around this table, and they were t talking about um, the church. The, we as pastors can, can, in this time, we can't have a stance. I mean, I was just sipping my water and I almost choked over. <laughs> Did you say something? I'm, I'm like, you can't, have, you can't have a stance. We can't, as believers, can't have a stance. No, we can't, they said. Oh, man. I'm like, what Bible you guys are reading? That's right. Well, I apologize for all of those people who <laughs> claim to be Christians, but that's not true Christianity. Yep. Anyway, I think we still have Frank here. Frank, are you on the air with us? We got Donna last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. What do you have, Frank? Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to ask um, the brother of, about the Mount of Olives. Uh, is that considered the? Uh, is the Mount of Olives considered occupied territory or the edge of uh, the West Bank there, uh, into Bethany uh, down in the end? Uh, yeah. So I think what Frank's I think what Frank's asking is uh, is the Mount of Olives occupy I mean is that under Israeli control or Arab? It you know? is under Israeli control. Mm -hmm. But what do you mean by occupied, Frank? Uh, who has occupied? Well, you know, Israel uh, they took over the Temple Mount, but then they turned it back over to the Arabs, and so they still have the. Uh, what is it? Certain mosque, part of the uh, Mount of Olives, of course, because of the mosque, has mm -hmm. been. Um, I don't know why uh, they have done it. I know it's because of the Western pressure uh, and the United Nations pressure that Israel compromised on those areas, but it's under under their control. I actually they heard that Moshe Dayan. I think is it, you know who that is. Mm -hmm. But Moshe Dayan, when they took over Israel and they conquered it, I think was that during the Six Day War. I'm a, but anyway, Moshe Dayan, when he took over the Mount of Olives as an olive leaf to the Arabs, he gave back that uh, Temple Mount to the Arabs. And I've heard uh, Bill Federer say that that was one of the biggest mistakes, mistakes that was ever made. But yeah. And that wall uh, just goes there, and the mosque was built over, they, they believe, the temple mm -hmm. that was destroyed, so, which yeah. means that Muslims have taken over the temple. That's, yeah. that's their message. But it's still, I believe it's under the Israeli control. And biblical prophecy shows that the temple will be rebuilt mm -hmm. in the last days. And so we don't know exactly how that's going to work. Maybe but that I mosque, Andrew, is, the, uh, uh, is going to turn to a uh, temple. Yeah. They don't need to build anything over it. But. Yeah. And so I can guarantee you somehow or another that mosque is going to be removed in order for that temple to be built. And we don't know exactly what it's going to take. To but something, um, uh, a little history, that wall that you see today, that the remaining of that wall, mm -hmm. it was actually financed by the Persian uh, government, Cyrus. So that's the Iranian. That's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> Cyrus was a great guy. Yeah. Man, he really helped the uh, Israelis. Uh, that was awesome. Um, the people think that the Iranian people have been always the enemies of Jews or the enemy of Israel. That is absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. The hatred for the Jews came with Islam. 
Persians was always the uh, a nation that backed Israel. They were always, we have a lot of Jews that they live in Iran, a lot of Jewish Iranians that they live in Iran. And uh, Cyrus King, um, I mean, we have so many great stories, biblical stories that uh, from Cyrus to King Darius to Nebuchadnezzar's um, um, Daniel that become from Nebuchadnezzar comes to Darius's uh, um, uh, ministry. And then we have uh, Esther married, uh, yep. Jewish uh, print, uh, queen that was married to a king of Iran. And then all of, and then the Haman, they say they were, it was Persian. Haman never was a Persian. No. And uh, all he was of, actually one of those groups that David drove out and he fled from David to Egypt and came they back. They say he was an Amalekites or yep. something else, wasn't a Persian. So this hatred for the Jews that you see in the Islamic regime of Iran and the uh, Islamic side of Iranians, that came with Islam. The Iranians were always a good friend of uh, uh, the Jews and they helped to build that wall that exists yep. today. So I've been there. Have you been there? I have not, unfortunately. Yeah, I've been there and uh, we actually had our tour guide. His wife was in some government position and she allowed us to go inside of that wall somehow or another and there's a tunnel that comes yeah. out. And there were six people killed there just the week before we went through some kind of conflict. But it's amazing. And, you know, Isaiah 45 prophesied mm -hmm. uh, Cyrus coming. And, man, uh, that was awesome. Nebuchadnezzar wrote yep. the fourth chapter of the book of Daniel. Yep. A Persian king wrote a chapter in the Bible. And so that's a really great perspective. Yeah. That you, yeah. And it's my understanding that Muhammad, uh, when he came out, it... He, he wrapped his stuff in religion and made it religious, but it really was a way to uh, conquer and to win and, and for him to gain power. And he gave the people that if they would go kill certain people, Not this they Muhammad. Could. You're talking about yes. self-claimed false prophet. That's right. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you, but your namesake. But anyway, he, it actually, it's guised as religious, but it really is military. And he gave... Political. And he gave people the right that you could plunder and you could rape and you could take all the women and you could steal their goods. And I mean, it appealed to the flesh and that's one of the reasons it caught up. And one of the things uh, today, Andrew, we're dealing with, they say, well, while there's a bunch of violence in the Old Testament, in your Bible, what's, what's the problem? The thing is that the violence that you see in Islam, it is when you read chapter 9 of the Quran, verse 5, verse 21, verse um, 28, 29, and 30, every verse that is in the Quran, it is telling, prescribing Muslims to do it. What we have in the Bible, the violence that is in the Bible, it is a descriptive of what happened. It doesn't tell you, okay, Christians, we need to attack whoever that doesn't believe in our faith. That we don't have that in what is in the Bible is a descriptive of what happened. But what the violence in, in the Quran, uh, f uh, 14 centuries later, it hasn't been reformed. It hasn't been, we haven't, we don't have another, let's say, New Testament or a new revelation that kind of tone uh, tones that violent of the uh, seventh century down. It is still 
people reading it, people believing it, and people are doing it. Yeah. Unfortunately, and my understanding difference. of history is that the Muslims have been trying to conquer the world mm -hmm. for 14 centuries. And I mean, they, it, Christianity has come close to being conquered by the Muslims, and we've had to fight back. It's very similar to what Hamas is doing to Israel. And if you don't fight back, and they're going to wipe you up. And Andrew, they will never stop. They will never stop, no matter how big, how small. They will never stop. They, um, Islam is an anti-Christ religion. They, I, had to, I was on another show today, actually, somebody asked me if Islam is an Abrahamic faith. I said it's the most anti-Abrahamic faith out there. In the book of John, chapter 8, Jesus said, Abraham believed me, saw my day, and believed in me. Mm -hmm. What part of Islam believes in any of the Jesus that we believe as the Savior, as divine Son of God, as the Savior of the world, as crucified Christ? None of that. Every single doctrinal thing that we need to believe to be a Christian, it has been denied, canceled by Islam. That's awesome. It is the most anti-Abrahamic faith out there. Well, we've still got some lines open, 719-619-2341. And uh, Gladys, we really don't have time to get to you right now, so let's go to our break just a tiny bit early, and then we'll come back, and Gladys will take your call on the other side of the break. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. to help you experience his unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer hey you know a big part of what we do here at truth and liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square so i want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net resources where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Have you been praying about how to make your business your mission field? GospelTruth.tv Business features leadership and financial stewardship training from industry experts. Learn the next steps to building wealth and using it to grow God's kingdom. Tune in Saturdays to GospelTruth.tv Business and watch anytime with GospelTruth.tv Premium. Visit GospelTruth.tv today for biblical teaching you can trust. So we're back. I'm Andrew, and I've got Mohammed Faridi here with me, and he's the uh, president of Iranian Christians International. And I tell you, I have really enjoyed today. He's saying things that I believe, and I know by the Spirit of God leading me that what he's saying is true. But did you know when I say it, people just think you don't understand and stuff. Mohammed has been on the other side of this. He was the enemy uh, to Christianity and to Jews at one time. And for him to be saying this, uh, it just gives him uh, an authority that I think sometimes people don't equate with me when I say some of these things. So I love it. We need to get him a larger platform to say this. So again, I'd encourage you to go to Iranian Christian International. They're doing a lot of relief work in Turkey. They have a, uh, 
I guess, an Internet-based church, and you say that every single week there's Iranians that watch that, and they're being born again every week. Absolutely, Andrew. It's fascinating what, what the Lord is doing in Iran. It really, it's just an honor to work with what, what God is doing, partner with what God is doing in Iran, and just seeing so many people saved, so many people really getting the message of the Bible and uh, coming to faith, leaving the hatred for the Jews and the Christians, and now becoming the best uh, ally, the best friend of the Jews and then reckon going to back to the history of the Persia and the Persian understanding and getting it. And now um, it's just this, ex, this army of ex-Muslim, Andrew, it's going to be a force to reckon That's with. That's awesome. That is really, really encouraging. All right, we've still got some lines open, 719-619-2341. We'd love to have you call. And Gladys from Georgia, you are an AWM partner and Truth and Liberty partner too. So welcome to our program. And good evening, Brother Andrew. How are you? I am blessed. Good to have you on again, Gladys. Amen. How are you, Brother Mohammed? I'm doing great. Thank you, Gladys. All right. God bless you so much, Brother Mohammed, for everything that you're doing for the kingdom of God. Amen. I just All glory to, to ask Jesus, you, Gladys. Is, is you, amen. Amen. Is mm -hmm. you, are you and your family safe? Um, I'm not sure about me, but my family. <laughs> my family are safe, thank God. So uh, my mom hasn't converted yet, and uh, we're still believing God for her salvation. One of my brother also hasn't, but um, um, we're, we're uh, safe, under, operating under the shadow of Almighty. So I you said that you get death threats all the time. I guess, is it from Muslims? Um, some of it from Muslims, some of it from the left. Um, so people, um, we, there's a, there, are, there are a lot of uh, trolls. We call it uh, uh, keyboard jihadists. Um, it's um, the um, Iranian Revolutionary Guard, Andrew, has a cyber um, jihadist uh, hand that I guess they sit in the basements and they just comments and threats and uh, um, tell you that, I guess they, they're trying to um, discourage you from what you're doing and exposing them. So they send this stuff like that, but uh, we don't, uh, Take them too serious, I guess. Well, it sounds like it's well organized. They've Very infiltrated much. every area. Every area. The American government. So we have pro, pro Hamas Palestinians. Do you think you have jihadists in the government? I mean, mm -hmm. we do. do. We really do. Obama was one of them. I believe that. Yeah. Do you know uh, Kamal Salim, don't you? Yeah. And Kamal Salim, he came over here to practice, what do they call it, cultural jihad? Mm -hmm. or Cultural jihad. And he had, I can't call the lady's name right now, but she was the chief of staff for Hil Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And Kamal said that they came over here together yeah. to practice cultural jihad. Kamal Abedin is an Iranian. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that she was a jihadist in disguise and she right was Hillary. Hillary Clinton, right hand. Man, that's scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, let me tell you something really important, uh, Andrew, because the southern border in America is open. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the believers um, that their home was attacked. Um, our part, one of our one of our members. I don't know what to call it. One of the believers that worked with us in Iran. Their home got attacked, so we had to take him out. He flew from Tehran to Venezuela, Caracas and from Venezuela went through eight countries, got to America, 
all of it illegally, but, uh, but the important part of it is that um, I had him to document everything, everything, everywhere, who you talk to, the places you go, the cities you get through, all of it. I just wanted to do be documented because this is important stuff. Um, and when he uh, came, when we talked to, when, when he talked to his coyote, his human trafficker, smuggler, whatever you want to talk, that Hispanic girl by the name Carla, Venezuelan Hispanic girl by the name Carla, she has a smuggled, she has a smuggled so many Iranians and Afghans to this country that she speaks Farsi. Wow. A Venezuelan Hispanic girl speaks Farsi, Andrew. And where did she learn that? From By all the Iranians she was dealing. And imagine if just a believer with li very limited amount of money can come from Tehran, fly directly to Caracas, Venezuela, and come and rescue himself, let's say, when you have the when you have the backup and the money of a government behind you, how many people you can send through and infiltrate nations? And we have we under this administration, we have left that door open, and right. they know it, and That's they're coming terrible. by thousands. God knows by thousands. There's many. I actually heard that the birth rate in the United States does not equal the number of illegal aliens coming in. Yeah. And that's including the birth rate in the United States is including the births of many illegal aliens. And there was, they figured that there was probably 400,000 illegal births in the U.S. If you were to subtract that, it's, there's a much larger number of illegal aliens coming in than there are Americans being born. Yeah. You can't sustain that. No, no, and they know it. They try to manipulate um, Americans, uh, coerce them, to take the vaccine and do a lot of things, Andrew, and the Americans don't do it. Many of them, one third of them, they did not uh, take the vaccine and they didn't do it. And the Biden administration decided if these people are not going to obey me, I'm going to bring people that they're going to obey us. Did they, they take, take the scale like that? Did they have the same COVID scare in Iran that they had here? Did Absolutely. people take? Did they take the vaccine? But the uh, Iranian uh, vaccine was made ma ma was made in China. So the Chinese virus and the Chinese vaccine. So um, we didn't have, but they said that uh, the Ayatollahs and the people that they were in government, they were getting the American vaccine, but the Iranian people were getting the Chinese vaccine. And God knows, yeah. But the same policies, uh, the same um, uh, one and a half meter or six feet distance, the same masking, everything that you see that happened here for some reason, these, uh, the, the Islamic regime was following the, uh, the uh, policies of uh, the WHO and the uh, Fauci. So. so we still have some lines open, 719-619-2341. Let me ask you this, Mohammed. Um, why is the left that is not Islamic, why are they so pro-Islamic? Like, why do they identify with that instead of standing up? Spiritually speaking, it's the same spirit. They both have the Antichrist spirit, first of all, but Andrew, um, uh, Marxism, communism, and Islam are just um, an unholy alliance, and it's like uh, illegitimate uh, children of the same family. They, j they can just work together really well and really good, and uh, if you look at the, uh, they all want control, 
They all want that the people don't have any estates. They don't. They don't want to have the property. Islam thinks the same. Communist thinks the same. And then when it comes to taking over a nation, and uh, how you do that, it's just. I mean, it's like if you put this communist and Islam's Islamic doctrine, you probably if if there would be if wouldn't be a name on it, you wouldn't even recognize. Wow. And they're using one another against. Uh, the Christians, if against the evangelical, against the Republicans, the conservatives, the populist, the the last, I believe with all of my heart, the church in America is the last barrier that they have if they take over, which they have done a great job infiltrating the American church mm -hmm. um, by bringing um, the CRV or whatever this um, uh, CRT yeah. And then um, uh, all sorts of uh, wokeism inside the church because they know when the church falls, it's over. There is no more resistance left. And that's um, uh, through um, now we have in Minnesota, you hear about the interfaith dialogues that they comes to the church. The in interfaith dialogue never happens in a mosque, mm -hmm. but it always happens in church. They bring the imams to tell how beautiful Islam is, how wonderful and peaceful Islam but is. But they don't let the Christians, the Christians in. go in there. And, and, and the blindness of those ministers, those pastors, and those churches are just amazing. You I agree with you 100% that this is at the core, the spirit of Antichrist, and it just has different manifestations. So let me ask you this, how do you feel since Islam is not gonna ever compromise and they are out to destroy uh, anybody outside of Islam? What should our response be to it? I mean, as a government. I know as individuals, we pray for them, we share the gospel, and people like you can be born again, and that's great. But as far as Western civilization, capitalism against Islam and stuff like that, what should be our Power. response? Power, military, that's it. That's the only answer. To you have to put them on check. If they don't have check, they're just gonna, uh, um, Rampart, rampant. They're going to be wild. They're going to be doing a lot of things that they so have been doing for the do past you have, uh, 14 centuries. Do you have information like from the people in Iran? I know you left a number of years ago, but all of these sanctions that Trump put on them and stuff, was it really having an impact on them? I was, um, me, a lot of Iranian believers, we said if Donald Trump gets reelected, this Islamic regime will fall. They could not sustain themselves financially. They couldn't. They couldn't sell any more gas, oil. They couldn't do any of this. And we believed that if he gets reelected, it is over for this regime. Wow. We really believed. We prayed for him. But unfortunately, look, we went from that to this. And from, you were telling me that not only that six billion that he released with those hostages, but you said something about this ten week. Ten billion, t two days ago. $10 billion, Andrew, that is going to... The Democrats said it's their money. We're just defreezing it. Meaning they sold the gas and the oil illegally under the sanction. We're just going to lift the sanction and those money that ha, the money that has been blocked is going to be just released back to the government. And we are feel. I mean, this, this Biden administration is fueling it. They are empowering the Islamic regime of Iran. Wow. Man, we need to get your voice out there a little louder. You need to have more people listening. We still got some lines open, 719-619-2341. Let's go to Inga, and you are from Colorado. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering, 
Does Mohammed have any idea as to what is causing the promotion of Palestine and Hamas and Hezbollah over Israel by the young people and the universities and the huge protests in America? What's bringing that behavior up? Of course, Inga, this is a great question. And if, if you just listen, we just talked about it, and Ranai. Marxism, leftism, and Islam, uh, just they go uh, hand in hand. They're good friends. As long as the enemy is the church, is the Jews, it's no matter what. It's always these two things going hand in hand. So uh, imagine that um, two-thirds of the American university and college professors are atheists. They are leftists. What are they going to teach those students? An anti-Christ, anti-Jew uh, uh, rhetoric, an anti-American rhetoric. And those whatever is against these two things, those students are passionately will follow, they passionately will support. And that's what you see in our schools now. So I let mean, me, uh, uh, let me mention this, Andrew. Um, I saw that, the, uh, that there was a flag that transgenders are now pro-Palestine. The homosexual, the LGBT community is pro-Palestine. I mean, you have to be patented, incredibly patented, stupid, that you believe that somehow when Hamas or Palestinians get in charge, you have any sort of um, freedom. Go and f uh, practice your freedom in Minneapolis where the Somalis live. Go and go, go ULGBTQ uh, plus, go and practice your uh, freedom in uh, Dearborn, Michigan, and see what they're gonna do to you. You will not last five minutes. They would kill. 100%, they have been authorized by Allah, but because now they are aligned together, the leftism and the Muslim, they have aligned against conservatism against America, against Christianity and biblical values, now they're good friends. Till the Muslim become in charge, take yeah. over, and every one of these homosexuals and uh, transgenders will have to find a hole to hide themselves. And these are students, of course, if they do not convert to Islam. Man, I wish we could get that message out to them. Sad to say, just like you said, the professors are predominantly atheist and they, they are against Christianity and against all of the values that this nation yeah, Somehow the uh, white America and the capitalists are the evil or the oppressors and we have, we have been systematically racist and then you the students, you know, we need to fight the good fight. And then they, they're, they're fighting but the wrong fights. So the Sharia law that's in place in some places in the United States, are they allowed to actually enforce that Sharia law or is it a compromised thing so no, that they, they can are, exist? Uh, Andrew, they're enforcing it and enforcing it legally because um, uh, the Muslim, if you, if you sit in a Muslim round table talk, they know they take, to take over businesses, important businesses in a neighborhood, and then eventually take over church and then turn it to a mosque and then eventually um, uh, run for the offices for the city council, police department, and the judges. When this transformation happened, the, the, they will enforce their laws. This is happening in Dearborn, Minneapolis. I mean, I can tell you countless places. I talked to a pastor in uh, 
um, Rochester, New York. This is what he told me. Every place in their city has been turned to a Muslim uh, um, controlled place and they have come to their church trying to buy their church for cash. I was in St. Cloud uh, um, a couple years ago, Andrew, five million dollars of Symbolies of God building. First, the, the first Symbolies of God Church of St. Cloud was sold to a mosque. It's a big crowd. I was more intimidated. It's, it's sometimes hard to intimidate me, but I was more intimidated in St. Cloud for, during Friday when we went to, to evangelize in America than in Middle East, God knows. Wow, that's quite a statement. You know, a friend of mine over in Jewsbury, England, that's an enclave where they have a Muslim community and they actually enforce Sharia law and the uh, UK government allows them to do it and they have killed people. Yeah. And uh, they had one of their guys that converted and they hid him, but then the people came and the police came because this pastor was hiding him and said his sister in Iran was sick and they wanted him to go see it. And so anyway, they found him and they've never seen him again. Yep. It was probably a lie just to get him out of the hiding. But so anyway, in England, they are actually ruling as if they were another nation inside of a nation. Is it that way in these state enclaves? of Minnesota? Um, the attorney general is a Muslim. So when the issues comes up like that, they just, they just sweep it under the rock. They are doing it here. Man, that's terrible. They are doing it here, Andrew. It's not like, you, this is stuff 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it was in far off land. It is happening in our nation under our watch. So let me ask you, what, you, what do you think the future is? Do you think, uh, just, I'll, I'll just throw it open. What do you think? Who's gonna win this battle? We're winning it. The Muslims are converting to, uh, to Christianity, Andrew, and this army of ex-Muslim will transform. They really will. You can, um, many places you can tell an American and, and a British or somebody that, oh, you don't know Islam. You don't know Arabic. You, can, you, you cannot tell us about Christianity or about Islam, but they cannot tell us. And um, God is raising, truly raising an army of ex-Muslim all over the world. I'm interviewing on my uh, YouTube channel. They're everywhere in every nation, from Turks to Iranians, Afghans, everywhere. And they are the ones that we're gonna take the gospel to their nations. And that is why um, it is so important to support such ministries. Because imagine when we have a Karis Farsi, Karis Persia, that's gonna be an amazing thing because then you're training those ex-Muslims that they have came out of Islam, you're training them with with the true message of the gospel, the, the unconditional go, uh, 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 love of God for them, and then you just watch them when they go and minister. You cannot tell them that they don't know the culture, their far culture. It's not like maybe 50 years ago we didn't have any uh, Iranian believers, so we had to send missionaries, but mm -hmm. now, so if these people are getting turned on to the Lord, but if they don't have the teaching, is it possible that they just become religious and winds up? They are becoming, yeah, and we're changing that. Amen, yeah. amen. Do you know of other groups that are ministering in Iran like that? Yeah, uh, what, we are the minority, Andrew. Um, the Baptists are working strong, the uh, Presbyterians are working strong, so. How do they work there? Is it all undercover? Yeah, undercover, yeah. Do they have open Christian churches in Iran? 
No, not anymore. Um, the, the ones that they uh, operate, they are the Armenians and the Osorians, not the Iranians. They, they are the ones that they um, escaped the genocide of Turkey and went to Iran, and then they started a community under the king when, it was, when he was a very secular monarch king. But the, those churches are not open. The, the, over the ground, it's just a uh, government show that, oh, look, we have freedom in Iran. Um, for the Christianity, but the Muslims who convert, that's when, when they... I remember your testimony that when you got born again, you started going to some of these groups. So were they all underground or were they open? Uh, that uh, 2006 when I converted, they were open. But now... And many of the churches resisted the government. As a result, many of those pastors were kidnapped and killed inside Iran. Many of them fled Iran. So then the church in 2008, President Ahmadinejad uh, closed those churches down because he claimed before the courts of Iran, before, uh, before the, um, I think it's they call it the parliament or the senate of Iran, he um, declared that the, uh, the Christians, the Christian movement is uh, stealing the soldiers, the Muslim soldiers out of our camp and we have to demolish him. Mm -hmm. And so the Iranian church as a threat went from like a uh, local level to a national level security. And that's when they started to um, crank, crank, crank down on, on the believers and on, on the underground churches. And the more they pressed, the more Jews they're coming out of it, so. So you got a little testimony. Tell them about your little book here. Uh, this is a little book, you know Andrew Why, right? <laughs> uh, this is called Forsaking My Father's Religion. It's a trailer of my uh, testimony that it is free, it is a gift, it could be, uh, if anybody goes to our website called iranchristians.org, there's a tab on the top called free book, and if they fill the form, we'll be glad to send it to them as a free gift. Uh, Iranians always love to give gifts, so this is gonna be a gift from us to them. So why did you make it so small? Uh, I realized, <laughs> I looked at the statistic, realized people, 3% of the people actually, when they buy a book or pick up a book, they pass the first chapter of the book. 3%, so 97% just read one chapter. So I made a book that is one chapter, Andrew, so we get So everybody 100%. could read it. <laughs> so what's happened to your family back there? Uh, are you visible enough that they would persecute your family that's left in Iran because of what you're doing? They, they could, um, but um, um, I think they haven't yet because we haven't, um, we have been careful, I guess, um, on this side. And also, um, I'm very careful about them, and um, there's name changes and so on and so forth that they could not tra uh, trace it back to them. But they can find them, and um, they, it could harm them. Well, you know, this isn't seen by everybody, but I mean, it's available on the web and stuff. Is there possible, are there Iranians that like troll things like this and look for stuff and that would the, yeah, the, the, the Iranian cyber security does. Uh, our website once was hacked, Andrew. The IranChristians.org was hacked, and we couldn't access our own website. So um, they do stuff like that. Um, but um, what, what, I can't keep quiet, so what do I do? No, I, I'm not telling you to be quiet. <laughs> I just was wanting to know what the consequences were. Yeah. You know, it's just like me. I don't face the same things that you do. But uh, we, we've had things come up even this last week where I could have lost one of our networks that we're on, that we get like 15 to 20,000 calls a month wow. through them. And they wanted me to do certain things and I said, I'm not gonna change, I'm not gonna compromise. Yeah. 
And the way I respond to that is, I'm just going to do what's right, and it doesn't matter what the consequences are. That's what I see you doing, and that's what I hear you saying that all of these Iranian Christians are doing, that, man, they're standing up because they're so thankful for what God has done for them. They're willing to sacrifice their life if that's what it takes. And those believers, Andrew, those believers, the people that are coming to faith, they're looking at us as their leaders, and if we compromise, they will compromise. So when I... um, now I have the privilege, God knows, to work with some of the finest, boldest believers in the world. But when we are going from here, there to Middle East, uh, there are these uh, people that they come out of wh- wherever and they, they prophesy over us that we shouldn't go and we shouldn't be doing this is dangerous times. And God has told them, if we go, this is going to happen and they, that's going to happen. My first I respond always is to them, if God wants to tell me that, He's going to talk to me directly. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And then also, um, if, if we are um, operating in fear, if we are compromised, people see that. Mm-hmm. People are sensitive to stuff like that. And as a result, they, fi- they find uh, uh, themselves doing it because we're compromised. But the Iranian church, for the most part, a lot of believers, a lot of pastors, they really have counted the cost. They're in jail, they have been killed, their families have been mistreated, uh, tortured, but they have been standing up, and as a result, the church is growing. They're not compromised. You know, I was visiting with Heidi Baker, who ministers in Mozambique, mm-hmm. and I forget the exact figure, but I think it's 40 of her pastors. This was over a year ago. 40 of her pastors have been killed, and one of them she was talking about, they said that you have to renounce your faith or we'll behead your son. And they beheaded his son right in front of his eyes. And even though they've had like 40 pastors martyred, they have more than enough volunteers to go take their place. Because, and that is true Christianity. And what we see here in the U.S. where people are so timid and shy, that is not a good representation. Yeah. And then evangelizing to Muslims. Um, they don't know much about the religion, Andrew. Another statistic is 87% of the Muslim world doesn't speak Arabic, so therefore they cannot read the Quran and know the, what's, what's in Islam. So they inherit Islam. But even though they know, they don't, Muslims don't know much about Islam, but they have a strong stand. And when a sissified Christianity is presented to them, they do not want it. Yeah. But if you have a stance, if you are courageous as a believer, they like that. Yeah. They like that language. Man, we've got a call here from Sarah in India. And Sarah, I think this question is great. You're on uh, Truth and Liberty Live with Andrew and Mohammed. Hi, Mr. Andrew. Yes, sir. And uh, Mr. Fardy. Uh, uh, thank you for taking my call. Actually, I have a very uh, simple question. People here in India, especially Christians, they say that we and Muslims, we worship the same God. But is it true or is it completely a different story? And we also often say that they are of the stock of Ishmael. Does the Bible really teach that? Or uh, are the Muslims just using that to legitimize their claim that they are of the Ishmael stock? So that's my question. Well, Muhammad's already answered part of that, but let's just deal with this. Is the Christian God and the Muslim God the same thing? Um, So I have answered this question, Andrew, extensively on my YouTube channel. But um, let me tell you one thing. So I, give, I present to you who Allah is according to the Quran, in His Quran, in His doctrine, and then I ask you to tell me if Allah is the God of the Bible. So there are 99 names of Allah in the Quran. 
One of them is arrogant. One of them is mutakabir, means the arrogant, the prideful. The other one in chapter 3, verse 54, is the great, the chief deceiver. So he is the arrogant, he is the chief deceiver. And then one of his name is Mozel, meaning the humiliator. The other Allah's name is um, um, uh, Jabbar, meaning the oppressor. So Allah is the oppressor, is the arrogant, is the chief of the deceiver. So now, uh, Sarab, <laughs> you tell me if Allah is the God of the Bible, the Jehovah that we worship. Sounds more like a Satan. It, it is Satan. It is sa <laughs> Satan disguised in the name of Allah. Allah is the moon god of the Arabia. Uh, many believe that Allah is Baal or the Molech of the Bible because the same self-flagellation that the prophets of Ahab did in the book of Elijah when, when, when they faced Elijah, when they, had, when they created the altar, they put the sacrifice on the altar. So they were praying to this God to consume the sacrifice with, with fire. And when, they, when their God didn't answer, they start self-flagellating. They cut themselves. They shed blood. That is exactly what we practice in Islam. Wow. Man, that was great. I, I really like you doing that and just having him decide, is that yep. the same God? Yep. Very good. Well, we're out of time. I tell you, this has been really good. I sure praise God for him touching your life, brother. That's awesome. Thank God for Jesus and thank God for Andrew Womack. Amen. Glory to God. Well, it's been great. Remember, we do this every weekday from 3.30 till 5 o'clock Mountain Time, and we have different hosts during the week. And uh, we have a lot of things available on our website. And we would like to ask if you are receiving from this to join with us and be a part of this. You can go to uh, truthandliberty.net slash donate. And we ask people to give an automatic withdrawal of $5 or more per month to just help us with these costs. So thank you for joining us. And thank you, Mohammed. And I believe people will go to IranianChristians.org. Mm -hmm and uh, support him and be a part of what he's doing. It's, it's really good ground to sow in. I've done it. Amen. You have. Thank you, Andrew. So thank you. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.